Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome, party people, wrestling fans. Even if you're a person in the wrestling business, I would assume you're a wrestling fan if you're listening to this. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. It's a very special episode this week. Katie Linendahl and my spouse and my spouse and myself uh, <laughs> spent some time over the weekend down at the New England Fan Fest in Rhode Island. They treated us very, very well. It was a very good time. So many awesome guests that were there. But the reason that it was important was really it's really reflected in the reason why I do this podcast and the reason why I've said. I do this podcast, and that's a couple of things. Number one, it's because I'm a, I'm a fan of wrestling. I'm a sports entertainment fan. I grew up on WWE, so I don't feel dirty saying sports entertainment, but I'm a wrestling fan. Uh, I like it. That's why I watch it. I enjoy it. The other reason is, as I've said before, because I want to do things that I would think was cool when I was a kid. I want to know that me as a kid would look at me as an adult and say, wow, that guy's awesome. I might be the only, me as a kid might be the only one saying that, but as long as me as, as a kid is saying that, I'm doing something right. And that's what today's podcast is about. It's not about talking to the next generation. It's not about talking to NXT this week. It's about uh, talking to heroes of yesterday. You've heard it for weeks here on the podcast. Everybody by now who listens regularly knows that my pal, Katie Linendahl's favorite wrestler of all time is, there's two, IRS and Tatanka. She's obsessed with Tatanka. Uh, Tatanka was at the New England Fan Fest. We wanted to uh, get him on the show then. We wanted to record an interview with him, but he was very, very busy signing autographs. I did get a chance to introduce Tatanka to Katie Linendahl. We put it on Periscope. If you follow us on social media, you would have seen it. It was really, really funny, especially because Tatanka did not know me from a hole in the wall. He knew exactly who Katie was. He had no clue who Sam Roberts was. Sorry, just the guy who has his name on the podcast. But we didn't get to talk to him at the convention, so we took to Twitter. Katie tweeted out to Tatanka, hey, we want you on the podcast, and then encouraged all of you to also reach out to Tatanka, and it worked. We got Tatanka on the phone uh, to do this, and it really is just about talking to a guy who you grew up watching. I mean, if you're around my age, you grew up watching Tatanka, and that's when everything was still kind of magic. You know, there was no internet. There was no, uh, no you know, you, you kind of knew it was scripted or whatever, but you didn't really know how everything was done. You still got lost. You were a kid. You got lost in wrestling. And I think that's why Katie loves Tatanka so much. And I know that's why I like Tatanka so much. So, Tatanka is the guest with yours truly, Sam Roberts, and Katie Linendahl this week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. So this is a dream come true, and that's really what Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast has always been about, making dreams come true. It sure is. Um, Tatanka was very, very busy at the Rhode Island, uh, at the New England Fan Fest, his table was one of the busiest tables. Everybody wanted to meet Tatanka. 
He didn't have time to sit down with Sam and Katie there. So, Katie, we had to make this happen, especially for you, on the phone, on the podcast for the first time. Tataka, welcome to the show. Good. It's an honor to be here. I want to say hello to all the great listeners out there. Again, this is one of the top podcasts for sports. It's an honor to be on. Again, thank you, Sam Roberts and Katie. You're such a sweetheart. Uh, I also got to see a little statement about you that you love uh, Tatanka and (laughs) IRS and you love the characters. That's something we can definitely talk about because wrestling has definitely changed from that era for sure. But it's an honor to be on. Honored to be with both of you today. Well, and I have to say the people made this happen, too, because we are having a hard time because you're so busy getting a hold of you uh, through Twitter, which isn't really an effective in itself. So we decided <laughs> we were going to blow up your Twitter feed until you did respond to us. And I and then I just had everybody doing that. And, of course, you were so cool that you finally reached back out. and We made this happen. So we appreciate that. What the- uh, no problem. I felt like I was in the ring with Lex Luger when he flexed. No, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. All the fans were, you know, of course, feeding on, on the Twitter feed. But again, like I said, it's really an honor to be with you guys. You guys have had everybody from Triple H to some of the greatest names in the sports entertainment industry. So again, it's an honor to be on and have such a large audience as you guys do. What did you think a couple of weeks ago when you started getting hashtag for Tatanka's birthday? Over and over again. Did you have any idea that this was something Katie and I had set up because we thought it would be funny? Uh, well, I figured you guys were behind it, but <laughs> I also instantly seen, not only had I known previously before that, but I instantly seen how strong your following is because my birthday just kept going on <laughs> and kept going on and kept going on. So it was pretty cool to see the hashtags and everyone responding even weeks after my actual birthday on June 8th. And, and what did you think over the weekend in Rhode Island when Katie got to have her moment when I brought Katie over to introduce her to you for the first time? And like we said on the show, it's not a joke. Katie's two favorite wrestlers of all time are Tatanka and IRS. And this was the first time she'd gotten to meet you. She had her Tatanka t-shirt on. It was all over Periscope and everything. Everybody should get one on ProWrestlingTees.com. Right. Oh, you got it, ProWrestlingTees.com. Great t-shirts, more designs coming. But it was an honor to meet Katie. It's an honor to meet anyone in this business uh, so dedicated to whoever they like in the industry and also loving a part of our industry, which is totally different than today's wrestling. You know, we came from something very special and unique. I didn't start till 1990, but everywhere I go, just like, again, at the New England Fan Fest that we were just all at. Every time someone walks up to the table, I was in the U.K. with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart before this, and no matter where we go, when they walk to our table, they don't talk about wrestling today. They start talking about either WrestleMania 9 or WrestleMania 3, Andre and Hulk Hogan. You know, I mean, the fans love the characters. They're missing the characters. It's changed so much. I mean, the greatest movies today, Spider-Man, you know, uh, all animated characters, Hulk, uh, Captain America, all the animated characters are doing all the big business on TV. People love to go and get out of reality and support a character. So it's really cool to meet Katie and seeing that she loved that part of WWF, World Wrestling Federation, WWE, that had those characters that were larger than life. And we're going to dive into that and talk about some of those epic matches I first have to get out of the way. I'm very interested. I've always had a fascination and an interest in Native American culture. And you grew up in North Carolina, and you actually do have significant Native American influence. Is that correct? 
Of course. Uh, I'm full blood uh, Lumbee Indian. Uh, again, we come from a very successful tribe. We're not a tribe as, as most that are, you know, on government-granted lands, reservation lands, and, and receiving money from the government. We have a very successful tribe. We have a, uh, a state college, you know, mm-hmm. Pembroke State University there. We have many doctors, uh, lawyers. We have people in the banking industry. So we're a total different type of tribe. If you go to Pembroke, North Carolina, which is where my tribe is from, Robinson County, when you pull on native lands, you'll see our tribe headquarters, which is absolutely beautiful. It's brand spanking new. Uh, you see that the Walmart is moved in, and there's all brand new stores on our land. So other tribal members, which I brought some Canadians, Mohawks, several years ago, they were shocked how successful our tribe is. Plus, also, I'm family to the Lakota Sioux. I actually did two of the seven sacred rituals that the Lakotas have done ever since the beginning of time. They have seven sacred rituals rituals. I performed two of those, which is the Anippi ceremony and the Hunka ceremony. The Anippi is a sweat lodge. The Hunka made me family to the Lakotas. And that's also when they gave me officially the name Tatanka, because Tatanka is uh, a Lakota Sioux name. And that means bull buffalo. Is that correct? Correct. And, and what was awesome about that is when I started Vince McMahon, you know, he didn't, knowing that I was truly Native American, which he loved, because my the first TV that we did, we did actually from my tribal lands. We did it right by Lumbee River. Uh, we did a lot of filming right there, so it was an honor. We also had uh, our holy man, our shaman, that was a dan- dancing around me at a campfire with tribal uh, tribal leaders and elders of our tribe. He had an eagle fest. Fan. It was pretty cool. So we filmed right there from our tribal lands. But Vince wanted to make sure that we didn't do anything wrong since I was truly Native and representing so many proud Native Americans and First Nations all over the world. So he asked me to get a Native name. And and, and I started looking at native, na- native names. But, you know, a lot of Native names have three or four syllables. They just don't name something for, for no reason. They name it for a reason. Like right. you've seen the movie Dances with Wolves. They name named him Dances with Wolves because they seen him dancing with the wolf. So, you know, as I looked at more Smart. native names, you know, there were a lot of, you know, like Big Bear, uh, Big Bear running in woods. You couldn't use that for wrestling. But when I came across the name Tatanka, I went, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. It's one name. Fans can chant it. And then when I found out what it meant in Lakota, that it meant Buffalo, then Vince loved it. He says, I love it because you're going to run right over your opponents. Yeah, and you that's exactly it. what happened. We went two years undefeated and had one of the longest winning streaks in World Wrestling Federation. And one of the greatest songs in the history of music. Oh, oh I love it. And I, I, what, we really, what I really love was the one, and I thank you, Sam, the one that we really like is, you know, uh, Tatanka, Native American, which is on the uh, uh, WrestleMania, WrestleMania uh, tape, yeah. of which I had. Uh, yes. I, I don't know if you remember that CD. It had oh, yeah. songs by Sublis on there. They had a great beat there that uh, that they created during that time, which Undertaker loves. So they really did a good job, you know, portraying who I was, truly a Native American, and using the right kind of language and terminology. So, you know, very proud that, that Vince did it right, because I was representing a, a proud nation of people. And I'll say this, we do have a lot in common, because on my college applications, I pretended to be part Cherokee. So the ancestry uh, is not there. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually curious as to is was there ever a time 
that you personally had a conflict or the tribe had issues with anything that you were doing or that you were pursuing wrestling? No, the only the only conflict that we ever 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 had was not a conflict that came from any tribal members or any tribal people. The only conflict we had is when I first came into War Wrestling Federation. It's so cool when you go there, you know. Uh, I'd already had one tryout, and what's amazing, I had only been in the business one year. So after one year of a lot of hard work, where I started, which was George Scott. South Atlantic Pro Wrestling, which was NAWA, North American Wrestling Association, prior to that. We were filming and doing TV at primetime in the North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia areas. And uh, George Scott had used me a lot and showed my heritage proudly. I had a couple trials with World Wrestling Federation, and after that, uh, I was signed. So when we came in, what's cool about Vince is, you know, you go to Titan uh, headquarters, WWE main office in Stanford, Connecticut, you know, and I walked in, I sat down with Vince, and then Vince took me over to the uh, art department, and there I was, a full-blown character drawn out by the art department, <laughs> oh, yeah. red hair, my outfit. I see myself live in living color. Yeah. Uh, so, and Vince told me in the room prior to that, he said, you know, Tatanka, we have a great idea with you, but there's something we want to discuss with you. I said, yeah, Vince. He says, we'd like for you to cut your hair tighter on the sides, make it more of a mohawk style. You already have that style of hair cut anyway, just tie it on the sides, but what we really want to do is we want to give you red hair, like how the Mohawks would do their hair, but we want this hair to be that way all the time. <laughs> so here you are coming in the World Wrestling Federation thinking, okay, I'm going to be walking around with red hair all the time, but it was one of the smartest things, and I didn't have a problem, I actually dyed my hair, I left the office that day, went to a hairdresser they had in the town, they cut my hair, they colored it that day, you know, but the conflict that we had is the outfit that they had when I first started, if you can remember, I had long white tights, and it had native symbols on it, and it had kind of like a, I won't say a red thong, but almost like a thong that went in the middle, and Chief J. Strombo, which was very, very close with me, a big mentor, a big speaking voice for me with Vince McMahon, did not like the look because traditionally there was no natives that wore tights of that nature. Either it was long leggings, which were leather, or most traditional was the loincloth. So we went to Vince and said, listen, we're covering up his body. This is traditionally not the way it should look. We need to change him and get him in what he's been wrestling with. When, when I started my career, I was dressed the same way as when I finally switched my outfit at the beginning throughout my whole career with a loincloth, headdress, the whole nine yards. So that was really the only issue, Katie. Nothing major. It was just Chief J. Strombo and I wanted to be more accurate of what natives truly wear. It could have been worse. You could have the <laughs> Luke Harper beard or the Seamus haircut every day. There you go. <laughs> they don't like Seamus' haircut, do they? <laughs> no, generally not. The you look stupid chance never got thrown to Tonka's way. Whereas you uh, looked no, badass. not at all. It, it was amazing because what Vince did with that, I didn't realize then, but what he did with that, here I was a guy that was brand new into the World Wrestling Federation, and they already knew they wanted to do things. As soon as I came in, you know, I, I became very, very close friends with Undertaker, Mark wow. Calloway. We became very, very close. We drove all the time on the road together for the 
first five years in the business, and he was the one, as soon as I came in, they were, when they were doing, creating poster shots of me and taking pictures, he was laughing on the sidelines. I'll look at this young kid coming in, getting merchandise already, but he was just joking. He was being a friend, you know, but again, it, it was just, it, it was something that Vince put on me, and I was a brand new guy, so he made all the fans, who is this guy with this red hair? So it made everyone focus on me, and as they started focusing on me, then Vince started doing the things he did, like starting off with Rick Martel, still stealing my eagle feather, right. and then we went to battle for basically a whole year to get that eagle feather back from him. So did Vince, when he brought you in, did he want you and he had this Native American character for you, or did he have a Native American character in mind that he needed somebody to fill? because it was an honor for me because the way I got started in this business was through uh, a legend, uh, a major legend in the business. Uh, I was working for Bally's Health and Tennis. I was a divisional manager. I was responsible for one of the huge health club organizations down on Sunrise Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale. It was 70,000 square foot, and I had to gross anywhere from 400000 wow. to $500,000 a month, and I was getting those numbers. Me and another girl were the two top salesmen of Bally's Corporation. But what was great during that time is I met Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, a legend in this business. And because of him, I went to the Monster Factory, got out, then he sent me personal phone call to George Scott. And what Nature Boy told him and what George Scott agreed, he said, listen, this guy, Chris Chavis, what's great about him, he's truly Native American. You know, so George Scott loved that. And then when WWE heard about me through, you know, being runner up for rookie of the year, it wasn't a question, did they want me to be who I was? They wanted me to be the Native American. They wanted me to portray a Native American character. It's just like I said, what we first put on, the long white tights with the Native symbols, is what we got out of real fast, because that was traditionally my first outfit. But that's right. an art department, you know, creating something. It looked good. It looked cool. But it wasn't accurate like you wanted. A lot of people don't know you actually had a little run with NFL, potentially, which you turned oh. down. Well, of course, uh, I, I was working for Bally's. Of course, when you're doing four hundred to five hundred thousand a month, I was selling a hundred thousand dollars a month personally in memberships. Oh. I was already earning a six-digit income. I was doing fantastic before wrestling. I was getting groomed for a quarter million dollar position, uh, you know, because I'd already earned the million, the million dollar ring, meaning producing a million dollars worth of business Jeez. for years. So I was getting groomed for a position, but I also had a free agent scout pick me up because I played football in the area. Remember the Titans, Denzel Washington, that movie, Virginia, Northern Virginia. That's where I played football. We were state champs two out of three years, triple A, great football, you know, uh, Friday nights, everything shut down kind of football, televised games. So I went to college, James Madison University, on a football scholarship. So an agent picked me up, and uh, I made all the cuts for the Miami Dolphins. But when they offered me a free agent contract, I actually turned it down because I was making more money at Bally's. I could have wow. came back and signed a contract one year later with the Dolphins. It could have been millions of dollars, but I could have also made a wrong move, and that could have never happened and also mm -hmm. lost my position at Bally's. So I stuck where I was at. But right during that time is when I met a scout for wrestling. So everything turned out fantastic. I would have to imagine that riding with The Undertaker for five years, The Undertaker is known as one of these guys, especially in that era that you're talking about, in the character era, People either sank or swim by these characters. And you got it. 
a lot of people would come out, they would be a character, they couldn't get the character over, and they would flounder and they'd be gone within two weeks. And The Undertaker is known as one of these guys who owned his character. And it's always said Mark Calloway is the only guy that could have made The Undertaker character work. And The Undertaker character was built for Mark Calloway as, as, as you're a young guy driving around with somebody who has such command over his character. Did that kind of teach you on how to really own, you know, the WWE's version of Tatanka? Oh, definitely. Uh, What was so different about that era, and we talk about it all the time, the veterans in our business, what was so different is when we were together on the road, when we were driving down the road, me and Taker and Paul Bear, and we were literally on the road for the first five years all the time, and I do mean all the time, going to the gym, going to eat after the events, whatever we did, if we went to, to, to go have a drink, we, we were together all the time. So, but what we also did during that era is we were always constantly buzzing and talking about our business. We were always shooting creative ideas back and forth. We were always saying, what do you think about this? Maybe you should try this. We were always working as we were driving on the road all those hours. Because, again, the schedule was totally different then compared to now. The schedule is easier now. The schedule then was unbelievable. I've been on the road 60 days straight before getting home. Uh, Guys like Hulk Hogan had been on the road 90 days straight in the 80s before ever getting home. Uh, I've been on tours where we had three tours running throughout the U.S. at the same time. You know, same thing back in the day. They had three tours going on in the 80s. You know, so again, you know, being on the road, there's a lot of time there. So us, we would always be talking about the business. Today, you know, the young kids are being quiet, not talking. They're doing social media. You know, they're tweeting, they're doing this, they're doing selfies, they're doing that. Yeah, they're portraying themselves, but as far as having those great ideals, or Roddy Piper, or those great ideals sitting down with Taker, or Yokozuna, some of the greats in our industry, Million Dollar Man, and just buzzing their minds. So you're it's saying- tremendous what you can come up with, and some of the greatest ideals were, were created during that time. So you're saying that now... There's a much bigger opportunity for these young guys to expose themselves to an audience. They can get that audience quicker, but the character development is just not there the way it was for you guys. Of course. Look at look at the business today. Uh, again, the business, every single guy that comes out through that curtain, through that titantron, when they come out, every single guy is boots, knee pads, and tights. Very few guys are totally distinguished from the other. Yeah, the, and, and also, everyone's going by their names. Back in the day, IRS, come on. <laughs> Erwin R. Scheister, what a name. Bam Bam Bigelow, <laughs> the yeah. Legion of Doom. You know, now guys are coming out, you know, with their regular names. I mean, they were full-blown characters. I was just on a trip in Germany just not too long ago, and they had this Souvenir World Wrestling Federation program. They're real nice programs, and WWE has always done great international tour programs or or pay-per-view programs, specifically WrestleMania, high-glossy, big pictures. And as I was turning it, I was getting all caught up. I seen, here's British Bulldog, here's Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, Bam Bam Bigelow, Tatanka, IRS, (laughs) you know, and as we kept going, Lex Luger, every single character, no one was close to each other. No one was even 
in the same ballpark, everyone was totally different. That's what's so unique about our business, because when we came into the World Wrestling Federation then, you knew you had to have a character. Now, guys come in, and it's not that way. They just come in with boots, tights, knee pad, and a name, and that's it. Uh, also, that's another reason, as you guys see, too, NXT, why NXT is doing so good, because they're letting these just guys, a lot of guys have character there, and they have these big entrances. Look at Undertaker, why he's been so of a mega superstar, not yeah. because of the character, but look at his interest, too. So when, like you said, you, you ran a two-year undefeated streak, and it finally they, they killed it with uh, Ludwig Borga. How did you feel ending the undefeated streak when it did and and the way it did? It kind of it wasn't on a pay-per-view. It wasn't a blow-off match. It was on an episode of Superstars, and it was some interference and all that. How did you feel... You know, with this big kind of undefeated streak coming to a close. Well, what what was great about that is it already told me, kid, this is already a record in the world wrestling. For anybody else who had done anything like that was Andre the Giant, mm -hmm. and that was like worldwide wrestling federation where he went for a long period of time that no one was defeating Andre the Giant. So again, they'd already let me know, you know, you've done a a great thing here that's going to be remembered forever, and it has been. Every time I talk to people. It's always two years undefeated, two years undefeated. So so I was a guy that I'd love to, as we did, everyone in that era, we'd love to tell stories. Uh, we love to tell stories to entertain the fans. The stories are not there anymore to entertain the fans. So uh, I'm more about the story, doing what needed to be done, because the thing about it wasn't just a defeat for me. It was something that they really wanted to do something huge with Ludwig Borga. They really wanted to push Ludwig uh, over the roof. And right. I've said this many, many times, but that's the truth. They really wanted to do something with him because, again, he was a guy from Finland, uh, believable. He had that look. He had that accent. But he just never truly got our business down at that time so they could take him to that larger-than-life character. I mean, they really wanted to push him big time. So that's an honor when they're taking you to help launch someone to a level of what they wanted to do. And I mean, I'm talking about a high, high level up there, like not like Hulk Hogan, but in those kind of high levels, that's where they wanted to take Ludwig Borger, but it just never got to that point. Unfortunately, he just never got the work ethic that you need to have in the ring so people really got behind him. So, But when I came back, it was hot. I mean, uh, Louis Bo uh, Borger defeated me by hitting me with a chair, so they protected me, hit me with a chair from behind, and believe me, he gave me an unbelievable chair shot. That was a hard <laughs> chair shot. It hurt big time. And then Yokozuna put me out of the pay-per-view that was coming up, and Undertaker took my place. I was out for a few months, but when I came back, when things are done right, the stories are done right, I was just as hot as ever. They wanted to see me kill Ludwig Borga, so I ran with Ludwig Borga and ran with Yokozuna, being the WWF champion at the time, so it was it was great times for me. Did you feel the same way in terms of, this is just where the character's going when they turned you heel? Like, did you think, okay, you know, this is a good time for Tatanka to turn heel, I've done everything I'm going to do, you know, as a good guy? ask me about that all the time. Uh, everywhere I was, uh, again, at the New England Fan Fest, at, uh, again, being at the United Kingdom uh, on a big, huge uh, Fan Fest that we just did a few weeks ago, everyone who came to my table, not only did they see the picture, but everyone goes, Tatanka, you actually gutted me. You actually broke my heart when you sold out. You sold me out. Man, Ted DiBiase. I hear it all the time, Sam. I hear it all the time.
time, Katie. And guess what? I go, you know what? It works. It worked. You don't hear no one today going, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe you did that. I cried. You crushed me. I took all of your action figures. I took everything and threw it away. I couldn't believe Guess what? The storyline worked. Yeah, I did. I thought I was sitting there. I was whatever I was, 10, 11 years old. I could have sworn that dastardly Lex Luger was up to no good. And to see the Native American Tatanka turn his back not only on Lex Luger but on me. I didn't go to school the next day. was shocking. You didn't. <laughs> No. It's too sad. It's heartbreaking. Katie, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, we're talking about some of these matches. You've had so many epic matches. HBK at WrestleMania 9, Bam Bam Bigelow, yeah. Lex Luger, Owen Hart, King of the Ring in 94. Is there one that really stands out in your mind for any significant reason? I know it's such a lofty question in so yeah. many years of success, but right off the top of your head. Well, you got to always, again, the biggest stage of this business, the biggest stage in the whole entertainment industry is WrestleMania. It's a tremendous event. It's an event that produces $100 million in one night that WWE does. It also produces for, for the cities that are hosting it, uh, like Miami a few years ago when it was, again, The Rock and it was John Cena. Uh, Miami had uh, their biggest economic impact in the city. They earned $102.7 million dollars so in this industry the biggest thing that we always remember if you had anything huge at wrestlemania so of course wrestlemania 9 with Shawn michaels was huge also opening up a major pay-per-view of that nature was also an honor because most people don't understand they always think well the last match is the most important match well you know when you're inside behind the working that first match of the pay-per-view is just as important as the main event Especially so it was an event. honor for them to put us as the first match, you know, on such a big, huge pay-per-view, but that's the trust that Vince had, not only in me, but also the trust that he had, of course, in Shawn Michaels being a great superstar himself. So WrestleMania 9 definitely is a big, uh, big one. The, uh, the match with Owen Hart, another. I mean, Owen Hart was just a, not only a tremendous guy, I was just with Bret Hart, but we've spoken so much about Owen. Uh, we just, he sadly missed. He was a guy that always, always smiles in the locker room. He always brought life in the locker room. He never got anyone upset. He's always laughing, and the jokes that he played were just really, really great jokes that everyone ended up cracking up and laughing. He was just a great guy, one of those really, really good guys that you miss. Uh, another great storyline that I loved, and, and no matter where we went, it was so hot because you had the typical heel bad guy that looked like a bad guy, and you had Tatanka, the Native American, representing everything that was good, and I'm talking about Bam Bam Bigelow. We had such a heated feud when he cut my hair, and no matter where we went, I remember going to Berlin and wrestling him in Berlin on a huge international tour, and it was so loud. The building was literally so loud, Sam and Katie, that I could have screamed at Bam Bam across the ring, and he couldn't hear me, and the ring was actually vibrating. The Germans were so loud that it was actually vibrating. So we, we've had some tremendous matches. Me and Bam Bam, had, Bam Bam had a tremendous match in Madison Square Garden, another one. I mean, Vince McMahon was right there at the curtain because Madison Square Garden is what we've always called home. It's always a big measuring stick for us, for what we're doing in the business and what's being accepted. They always test everything there at the gardens. And to have a tremendous match with Bam Bam there, that just something that was greatly remembered. I remember doing my 
war dance with Bam Bam there, and the crowd started rising up. It was just set for me yes. to do that war dance. Bam Bam jumps up in the air with a savat kick, kicks me in the back of the head. I go down. He pops up like beasts from the east, throwing his arms up in the air, facing the crowd. They go boo. In the meantime, I didn't even sell what he did. Stood up. I'm war dancing behind him. He turns around and sees me. He goes nuts. We, I duck his clothesline, come back and meet him in the middle, and he takes a tremendous bump, and the place goes crazy. So there's so many great matches, but Bam Bam, Shawn Michaels, Owen Hart, you know, those are great memories right there for sure. Don't you think it's, it would be a little difficult in today's wrestling to go back to a time when it was more character-based, to go back to a time when it was more clear-cut, like you said, a good guy and a bad guy, and you could see by looking this is the good guy, this is the bad guy. Wouldn't that be a little difficult to pull off nowadays just because people saw so much of it? And because, you know, with the Internet and with, with all the wrestlers that have kind of talked about the experience, the audience is a lot smarter than they used to be. Well, it's, but it's just like anything, and, and, and that's a good question that you bring up. It's just like anything. Right. It's like what I said before, too. You know, why do you have Avatar? Why do you have, you know, Transformers and Spider-Man and Captain America and all these movies? Why are they leading the movie industry? Why are animated movies and these superheroes and these characters? People really do want to get out of reality. It's just like Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, and it's just like Steve Kern said. And, and I know you guys know who Steve Kern is. Steve Kern Skinner. says you could sit there and talk to the average wrestling fan or, or the average average fan that knows everything about our business, and you could speak to them and say, you know, uh, is wrestling fake? And then wrestling fans would go, yeah, you know, it's all scripted, da 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 But then you could talk to the same fan and say, well, you know, do you believe the guys really get hurt and really do dislike each other? Oh, yeah. That, that angle between Bam Bam and Tatanka, they don't like each other. Well, that's where you have your great workers. Meaning your workers know how to, not only with character, but how to portray something in the ring. And the people want to believe. The people want to get out of reality and connect. It's just WWE is not offering that. Why do you think Next, NXT, is this new product that we have, but they have 5,000 people chanting and going crazy, so much to an extent that Triple H is really focusing on the NXT product. Why? There's a lot of characters. You know why? They have these unbelievable entrances, and they let the guys wrestle. Instead of sitting there and these guys talking, I'm going to whip your butt, I'm going to whip your butt, and I'm going to whip your butt. No, they let them go to town, and they let them wrestle. So I believe that, again, if we portrayed what we would want to portray, meaning characters, with the right storylines, people want to believe. It's just WWE in the late 90s when they finally lost the battle with WCW, and they took it away for 96 weeks straight, which never happened, then said, okay, how am I going to get back on top? And what he did is he did, he did the research of the entertainment industry and found out one of the biggest shows on TV was the Jerry Springer show. Right. <laughs> so he gave them the Jerry Springer wrestling show. Right. Get back on top. It was that shock, you know, out of character shock, and you see what, what happened, and it went nuts. But as the true wrestling fan tuned back into WWE, they started realizing all this backstage stuff. That after a while, it was a way for the true wrestling fan that wants to see that character, wants to see that great storyline. Why do we watch Rocky Balboa 
20 times. You've seen the movie already 19 times, but the 20th time you're right in the movie. You're Adrian! I did it! Hello. You see the movie all the, because it's a great story. We're just not giving the fans the great stories with the great characters to get them emotionally involved and attached to want to believe and to want to have that. But NXT is already showing that. I forget the guy's name, but the guy who comes out pretty much as a character. I've seen him one time. Uh, he comes out like a, uh, I won't say devilish, but he comes out almost like a devilish character. Right. He has a trem- tremendous entrance, and they're loving him. He's a character. Let me ask you, how did you what, how did you end up returning to WWE most recently, a few years ago, when you showed up on SmackDown uh, and Tatanka was back, and you had a a, a, a decent run, a good you know a good few months back on SmackDown. It wasn't just a one shot deal. No, what happened was they contacted me out of the blue. They uh-huh. contacted me. They were going to Mohegan Sun, uh, a a huge uh, uh, casino. And everyone knows about Mohegan Sun up in Connecticut. So uh, they were doing a Monday Night Raw, and they had the Eugene Invitational going on, where, of course, the angle with Kurt Angle and Eugene, and they would always announce a local hero to fight in the Eugene Invitational. So uh, Mohegan Sun, it was a perfect opportunity to be on Native Lands. It was a perfect opportunity to highlight me. It was supposed to be one appearance, but when my music hit and the people went nuts as soon as i came back through the curtain they instantly started talking to me okay to talk we need to talk to you about a contract really yeah so they 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 already it was a one-time appearance but the response of the people made them go to a contract that i was there from 2005 to uh to almost 2008 into to later 2007 uh but the the thing about it what's different then compared to now you know, Vince McMahon's not on the forefront like he was before. The company is a, you know, again, it's a publicly held company. There's a lot of responsibility with this massive animal as compared to before. Even though the wrestling was bigger with its TV ratings then uh, compared to now, it's a bigger animal. So Vince is not there on every creative storyline, you know. So he's got a lot of people he's got to trust in. you got a lot of writers that are trying to write wrestling storylines but they're just not familiar with our business they might learn something about writing in college but it's totally different than when you get into the wrestling field you got to make sure that you you portray the right storylines that people want to get attached to so they just didn't have anyone writing good storylines even though they took care of me you know while i was there uh there was just nothing being portrayed that was any substance or meat to to go on for a long period of time. And that's the same thing today. I mean, there's a lot of guys there right now that are wanting to get into storylines, but they just don't have the storylines that are being written. I mean, tell me, uh, all you have to do is, Sam, tell me one thing that you see right now that is, that is this huge storyline that you can't wait to see the next show to see what happens. I never see fans telling me, oh, my gosh. Well, right now I would say, Kevin Owens, Owens. John Cena is probably the most compelling thing on TV. And, I mean, Tatanka, to your point, Kevin Owens came from NXT. Of course. And that's the only thing that they're talking about right now. And and still, it's not even that... It's not that he's this big character. It's just they like how he portrays himself and how he wrestles, and they allow him to wrestle, and they love the NXT product. And again, when you check out NXT, I mean, the fans are chanting like crazy, 5,000 people. 
you get 5,000 people chanting, it's bigger than 20,000 people sitting on their hands. They yeah. can get crazy with 5,000 people. You still have this massive audience. I mean, anywhere you go, you can see that at the New England Fan Fest. And it, what's it for you? Do you or is there interest in making some cameos and comebacks or one-offs? Or are you looking more towards Hall of Fame? Well, I'm definitely uh, unbelievable, but thank God because I I stay in the gym. I train very, very hard, five days a week. I literally, that night before, before the New England Fan Fest, I had a match, which again, (laughs) just to give you a perfect storyline, I had a tremendous match. I could still go like I did in 1990. I could still come off the top rope, tomahawk chop, (laughs) fall away slam. I will tear you up, but I stay in the gym, so I credit a lot of that by staying in the gym, doing cardio. Audio. Plus, I'm very active in the ring. I don't go to the ring like some guys and, and try to have a match over in five minutes. I go to the ring, and I work when I go. So when I'm done, I'm completely soaked, and I had a, a work in the ring. Working in the ring is totally different also than working in a gym. You can crossfit. You can do all you want to. But when you get in the ring, it's a total different kind of work. So I'm staying very active in the ring, Katie. Uh, yes, I'm making, I haven't done tons of signing appearances because I've been doing more wrestling appearances, but I'm starting to do more signing appearances. So that's plenty for me. The office has told me several times that my name's been coming up for Hall of Fame, you know, so not that I'm sitting here with my fingers crossed, but they've told me myself that your name is coming across in Hall of Fame, so meaning they're letting you know. So, yes, that is something that I look forward to. But as far as the business, I'm staying very, very active. There's other things that I'm involved in with the business, things that are that are private on a business nature that I'm involved in. But at the proper time, we will, will reveal those things. But, yes, I heavily involved in this business, Katie, because it's a tremendous industry, as you guys know. Sports entertainment industry is huge because it has a huge fan base. And when you have a huge fan base, that's where you want to be no matter what you're doing as far as business and huge dude you are jacked man you are in seriously <laughs> amazing shape yep thank you well it's just it's you know first of all i train at gold's gym i always trained at gold's gold's is you know been uh, kind to me i've had a lifetime membership with them and uh i just moved from uh being in the st petersburg area just bought a new home matter of fact i joke about it bought a new home with some land uh, a two-acre estate up above tampa which is in an area called Wikiwachi. So I'm always joking with everyone, Big Chief just moved to Wikiwachi. Because <laughs> Wikiwachi actually is a native name. The Seminoles actually named this land many, many years ago, and it used to be a heavy populated area, one of the seven in the state of Florida where natives uh, predominantly uh, resided. So it's pretty, tr- pretty cool to be living in an area where I know there's history of, of my blood. So so I'm training at Gold's up here, but in St. Petersburg I had this young kid that I was training with, Tyler G., uh, tremendous, tremendous shape. He came out of the NXT uh, training program. He, he's already been uh, graduated from them, and uh, even WWE has some serious interest in him. But he's a unbelievable trainer. Uh, I train with him and uh, another guy, and they're just they're animals. They do all this CrossFit, the big ropes, uh, the big tires, the kind of stuff that truly conditions you. So just been hard work, Katie. You know, anything that's worth anything, it's hard work. And I know that area pretty well, and I know that's close to NXT territory up in Orlando where they train at the Performance Center. You got it. What a, what a tremendous place. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of it. Yeah, I haven't been there yet myself because I'm traveling, but what a place. I know that you've been there, Sam, because you did a uh, podcast with Triple H from there. Yeah, that's right. That's right, I did. Yes. To- 
phenomenal place, isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing. And you know what? Based on this conversation, I really wouldn't be all that surprised if Tatanka one day answered the John Cena Memorial Wimbledon U.S. Open Challenge. Yeah. There you go. Yes. There you go. Listen, I'm, I'm game for anything. <laughs> I could go back to WWE right yes. now, step in the ring, and be able to have a tremendous match. You know, it, it would be great to see, you know, them think of something creative, not only for, for someone like me, but for someone out there also from that era that they believe me, they could really think of something that could really benefit the company. But, you know, that's up to those story writers. You know, it doesn't mean you have to be there for four or five years, but you can go back and do something that the fans would really, really love and enjoy. And, and again, what's tremendous about our fan base is I think you guys will agree. Uh, they have a voice now. They didn't have a voice before, yeah. but they've got so big and social networking has got so huge that the WWE Universe truly has a voice now. So if they get behind something and start talking about something, chances are WWE will definitely run with it. Well, you can tweet. If you want to have your voice heard, you can tweet at Native Tatanka. You can go to ProWrestlingTees.com and uh, go into the Tatanka store and get yourself a T-shirt, uh, Tatanka. Of course, all the information about where you're going to be and everything is on your Twitter so people can find it there. Thanks so much for hanging out and, quite frankly, for making yes. one tech genius visionary's dream come true. That's Katie Linendahl. Next week, oh, That's awesome. You know, it, we love that for you guys. You know, you guys are actually, you know, awesome and you got a huge following. So, like I said, it's truly an honor to be able to get on here and, and speak to, to all the listeners to hear some of the great stories and, and some of the great things that's happened in our business. Katie, thank you again for your support. You're awesome. I mean, uh, putting a Tatanka shirt on and people knowing you as they know <laughs> I you. I bought everyone. And tweeting it. I uh, thank you very much. Thank you for loving an era that, that all of us, not Tatanka, Jake the Snake Rob, it's Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, you name it, that we all love. We all love that that era. And so we thank you for all your support, both of you. You're awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Okay. You guys have a great evening, okay? You Take too. Care. Bye. Peace. Here is Sam Roberts. We did it. We got Tatanka on the show. Big thanks to all of you, really. You all helped make it happen. You know, Tatanka is not the only person prominently featured at ProWrestlingTees.com. No, 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 no. If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com, you can also get your very own Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. You can get a Not Sam t-shirt. You can get a What's the Haps t-shirt. You can get the classic Not Sam Mode t-shirt. It's like Brie Mode, but even better because it's Not Sam Mode. All you have to do is go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts Coming off of that interview, coming off of the whole weekend that we just had, Katie and I, uh, not only were we at the New England Fan Fest this weekend, but we went to the Boston House Show. If you follow us on social media, at NotSam and at Katie Linendahl, you would know this. We were at the Boston House Show on Saturday night when The Rock, The Rock, made a surprise appearance. Um, So we had so much to reflect on, not only on the fact that we had just spoken to Tatanka, but the whole weekend as well. As everything coming up in the world of wrestling, whether it's Beast in the East or or Battleground or everything going on with TNA and all that right now. So I invited Katie Linendahl to stick around and uh, hook it up with me this week on the State of Wrestling. Let's go to it, Finkel. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. 
<laughs> it's coming from Katie's laptop. That sound can only mean one thing. Katie Linendahl is still here with me for the state of wrestling. She's so excited. I'm you in are, a great mood. You are. Because you got mood. to speak to Native Tatanka. I did. Wow. I'm still on a high from that. Yeah. But really, I'm on a high from the last few days. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, I think I might have mentioned it in the beginning of the podcast, but when we met Native Tatanka <laughs> at the Rhode Island at the New England uh, Fan Fest mm-hmm. on over the weekend, he didn't have no idea who I was. No clue. He, you were like, no, I think he said Sam. I said, no, you said him. Him is what Tatanka said. Now he knows who I am because his Twitter blew up. But before, he didn't have any clue who Sam Roberts was. He knew very well who you were. I went over to introduce you to him. Because you were so excited, mm-hmm. and you didn't want to embarrass yourself, so I said, "No problem, Katie. I got your back, as always." So I brought you over, and I was ready to say, "Tatanka, obviously, you know I am primetime Sam Roberts." What you might not know is my hype girl, Katie Linendahl. And before I could say one word, I walk over, and he just looks right past me and goes, "Katie, I'm so glad you're here. So glad to see you in person." It was a great moment for me. And I'm just sitting there in a Brie Mode t-shirt feeling even more silly. Right. He had no idea. But he was a great guest. Anytime I can get one up on you, Sam, I'm all for it. Yeah, well, you certainly did. You I knew it was did. a good few days, may I say. Yes, you may. When over the weekend, and we're going to talk about this, I actually had to wash my hair about five times. And I say this for a reason. Yeah. Because... Might be a little TMI, but, you know, girls aren't supposed to wash your hair 50 times a day because you, like, strip it of all the, like, nutrients and stuff right. like that. This is what my, my salon person tells me. Okay. okay. I Trust me. I know. I kn- if you anybody, know these things. If anybody knows about hair, it's Sam Roberts. Exactly. But when I had, I went home, and not only did I have remnants of government cheese super pretzel in my hair. In your hair. From the Boston House show, of which <laughs> The Rock showed up at, which we will talk about. But I also had George the Animal Steel grab me by my hair. <laughs> right. And I was like, my OCD, like thermometer just went like, well, but it was so amazing. I, you, Cool, man. The, yeah. I'll I, pantene that out later. There's a lot going on in the world of wrestling and you and I got to be a part of it. We'll have a couple interviews that I'll air on podcasts that follow, you know, throughout the next few weeks or whatever. But I ended up interviewing a couple people at the New England Fan Fest. They were nice enough to invite the podcast up there to hang out for the day uh, on Saturday. And everybody was there. I mean, Goldberg was there. Lita was there. Jim Cornette, Jr., Bischoff. Scott Hall, Eric Bischoff. Of course, Native Tatanka. Glacier was there. Glacier. Uh, Alex the Pug Porto. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's anybody was at this convention. And so we were there for a while. Like you said, we got to meet George the Animal Steel. It was big. I think that photo is up on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Z- <laughs> if we share an Instagram now. Our Instagrams. Uh, and then... Took the drive. Rhode Island's about an hour away from Boston. Drove down to Boston to the Casa de Linendal. Yes. Where you, me, and the family, the nice. Linendal family. Good peeps. Went to see this Boston house show, which, by the way, I had no expectations going in. I was like, okay, it's always fun to go see a WWE house show. But in the past, I've gone to WWE house shows, and because I've I've watched so much wrestling, I feel like... I'm seeing a show I've seen a hundred times before. In, in a few jobbers. Right. This time, it was probably the best live event I've ever been to. I mean, house show I've ever been to. The best non-televised event. And that was not only because 
The Rock had a surprise appearance that I think blew everybody's mind. I don't think anybody expected this. Then again, I thought Samoa Joe was a surprise, and apparently the internet threw up on me for thinking that. <laughs> but to me, The Rock was a huge surprise. Your parents thought that I knew. Your mom and dad both said, Sam, you knew that was going to happen, right? They're just like Reddit. They all think that I'm uh, super in bed with WWE and just know everything that's going on. Well, after the like five wrestlers yelled at you from the ring, I think my parents were pretty... Uh, Ah, catching what, on to what was happening here wasn't any of the big insider ones. information just john cena <laughs> give me a little shout out in the ring i'm like what, what what is happening right now well i've met a lot of people throughout my travels Jeez, man. That's, that's all that's about john cena uh made mention you got a of, you got a brie mode shout yeah out? well i was wearing a brie mode t-shirt of course I should you be getting were. the only shirt on. you own well that's the only shirt i like but the house show was amazing because The Rock made a surprise appearance, and, mm-hmm. and Katie and I both had photos and videos all over the place, and they kind of blew up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, it was a Jericho appearance, which is always funny. He works the house shows, not the TVs. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything was good. They did a Kevin yeah. Owens-John Cena match that was incredible. What, not everything was good? No, not everything was good. What wasn't good? I, I hate to, We've had such a high this this whole time i hate to be a downer about it but i have i have a serious complaint okay um i have two complaints going right now oh my Should god i just go into my diatribe yeah i okay. knew the negative side of katie lindendahl was going to come out eventually it, it, it is good for and rightfully so i save it for moments that are warranted good um there's two issues i have sam yeah. right now one is the lack of wwe ice cream bars which i won't spend much time on talking about i feel the same way about crystal pepsi but i digress my second issue is more important. Yes. And that is of Charles Robinson. I'm going to bring that man down. <laughs> My three-year-old nephew can count better than Charles Robinson. You were upset that John Cena beat- I lost my voice yelling at Charles Robinson. He has jacked up every <laughs> Owens-Cena match to date. If he could stop thinking about trying to nail that Herbal Essence commercial and focus more on the actual counting- there would have been a winner, i.e. Kevin Owens. He has one job, Sam, to count to three. Right. He kept counting to two. <laughs> so Mike you, Chioda, same problem. I was about to say. you Cena have, Owens. I want replacement refs. And let me tell you something. We oh are one fail Mary away from replacement. We're, we might have to pull D3s. What? You think these guys are great. Yeah. You think Charles Robinson and Mike Chioda are stars. Little I've Nate. had it. You have. I've had it. Sports Illustrated is going to be all over this. My just give it a month. God, Katie, I had no idea how upset you were. So you think it's not a matter of John Cena kicking out of every finishing move he gets put in. He has one job. He's not kicking out at all. How many counts did we see? I mean, there were a lot of near falls. I just thought they were legitimate near falls. No. You're mad at Charles Robinson. I'm legit mad at Charles Robinson. And for those of you who don't know who Charles Robinson is, you, you do. Because he has the blonde, perfect hair. Little Nate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the people in the row in front of us did get a kick out of us yelling at Charles Robinson. You were even upset with him about the cage match stuff. I was upset with him the whole night. You really he didn't even know how to run it. He screwed the whole thing up. You have a problem with authority, Katie Lindendahl. Maybe. Because you, this is the second referee you've come on here and just trashed. You don't trash anybody, but you just trash referees. When I'm going to trash them, I'm going to go hard, and I'm not going to give up on it. Hard in the paint. Yeah. P.S. Done. That's not a PS. <laughs> uh, I, oh well, my PS was I'm, okay. I'm, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shut up about Robinson. I'm gonna move on from that. You're mad at him, but I am mad. D- 
Did, was it just the one match at the house show that all of a sudden you decided you, know, you hate Charles I, Robinson? Maybe it's been subliminally happening that I just he's just been jacking up matches and then it really <laughs> just put the icing on the cake. Well, you can't have a referee that's jacking up matches. And you know, I had to go on air the next day and I didn't have a voice. Right. Because you were upset about Charles Robinson, senior official, jacking up matches. Correct. I can see where that would get somebody upset. But I will switch gears and say <laughs> that it was pretty interesting that we caught at the house show. Right. Seamus on a near cash-in of the Money in the Bank briefcase. Can I tell you something? I don't want to spoil it for you. They're probably doing that finish at every house show. I don't care, Sam. Oh, you're right. I shouldn't have mentioned it. I don't care. No, you don't. They do. It was a good finish. And it was if, so good. If you're going to a house show, you know what? It speaks volumes for house shows. It was especially a good finish because The Rock was at this house show. So once The Rock shows up, it's like, oh my God, what's going to happen here? So Seamus did come out and almost cashed in the briefcase. Because The Rock had already been there, I think both of us were like, this could actually happen. This cash-in could happen. at the, If it's going to happen at a house show, it'll be this one, The Rock one. Um, but, of course, it did not. And I think that the near cash-in is probably happening at a lot of house shows, but still a good finish. You know what else happened at the house show? No. Is in person getting to witness the Red Arrow. Yeah, in slow motion. Oof. That exploded on my Twitter account. Well, it was an incredibly shot video. We captured it, Sam and I, in slow-mo. Yeah. You should go on my feed and look at it because it was a beauty. The live event was great. Now, tell me this. Coming up this weekend, if you haven't, I mean, by the time you're listening to this, it may have already happened. But the big uh, uh, Beast in the East show is coming up this weekend, right? You've got Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. NXT Championship is on the line. All signs point to the uh, likelihood that Finn Balor will leave. That's what I think. Finn Balor will leave Japan with the NXT Championship. I think that that's what's going to happen. Do you think that not having the NXT title, do you think that having Kevin Owens coming off of a big loss, does that hurt the program that he's in with John Cena right now? That is a great question. Well, I ask tons of great questions. I'm a professional broadcaster. True. You're such a professional. True. Great work ethic. True. I hadn't asked that question before to myself. Right. You're processing it. You're complimenting me in order to give yourself some time to think. Well, because I like when it's a champion versus champion match. Right. There's something, there's some clout in that. But Kevin Owens is not putting his NXT title on the line. The only way that that could happen. But but that's not my point. Well, sorry. Yeah. Then make your point. He has some decorations. He's got some flair. Right. At least one piece of flair. He doesn't need flair. He's got a swanton bomb. He's got a pop-up power bomb. Yeah. Hmm. And an arm bar. I think it could get very interesting. You know, we were talking about how does this feud culminate and go on. Maybe they're going to end up doing a best of five because the third match, you know, you're not counting house show matches. The third match happens at the pay-per-view in a couple weeks. So, you know, that would be the rubber match. That I just w- feel like you can't have somebody have the NXT championship and not be in NXT. He's not in NXT He's anymore. in both. Kinda. Yeah, he's not on really. NXT. He's on the NXT show. And it could be very interesting. Here's the only reason why I'd like to see him keep the title. It could be very interesting to get to SummerSlam. We've done all the matches. We've done the three matches. 
What happens if Kevin Owens has to put the NXT title on the line against John Cena? What if, just throwing it out there, the NXT championship, we could see that at SummerSlam as an NXT card. What do you mean? Bring, okay, so Balor doesn't win it at Beast in the East, fine. Okay. We see a rematch. Well, that's not going to, well, that could happen. Ah, but it wouldn't, I mean. Come on, I just want some NXT programming on some main stage stuff. I mean, it might be kind of cool, but I'd much rather see, and I think fans would much rather see another Cena-Owens match than a Finn Balor-Owens match. Well, I'd rather see an anything match than a Brock Lesnar-Kofi Kingston match. That's the warm-up match. That's just the Japan match. You know I love a Kofi Kingston match, too. Always. Yeah, I can't imagine how the Kofi Kingston-Brock Lesnar match will last any amount of time at all. Any Kofi Kingston getting... better off just dying before the match starts. Yeah, just just come to the ring with a noose around your neck. (laughs) Jeez. Like, any offense... Kofi Kingston gets in, only makes Brock Lesnar look weak. Kofi Kingston should get zero, zero, and I love Kofi. By the Kofi way, Kingston should get zero. One of my favorite offense lines against Brock Lesnar was you screaming at Charles Robinson. I'm not, I'm not going to keep bringing him up. I swear. But when you yelled at Charles Robinson, well, maybe it was just the match he was officiating. Yeah, a best defense is a good offense. That was that was that was a strong yell. What well, was a cage match? between Ambrose and Rollins, and instead of going out the cage door, Ambrose was beating up Rollins, defending himself, which was to say, defending yourself is not the best defense. The best defense is a good offense. Get on the offensive and get out of that cage. Yeah, and mind you, I just, again, last thing I'm going to say, he not only couldn't count to three, but he sucked at opening the door. He didn't know when to open the door or when not to open the door, which confused everybody. Yeah, you have one, if not two, jobs. Dude. Okay, again, you're back to Charles I'm sorry, Robinson. I'm sorry, I'm done. You're back to Charles Robinson. Um, can I can I say well, something positive? Yeah, I guess. Really quick digression. Sure. Okay, great. So, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like off of Raw this week with Rollins and the yes. Oprah giveaway. Yes. I was like, you know. Wait, wait. Save this for the end. Really? Yeah. You know where I'm going with. Of it, course, don't I know where you're going. I know you. Okay, I'll save it for the end. Save it for the. It's end. worth waiting, people. I'll remember. Um, but how did did you like Raw this week? Oh yeah, I loved the game show kickoff, and that there was an Apple Watch at the beginning. I thought they did a great job Command with Rollins. Of my attention, right, right there. I thought it was a great segment. You know, money can't buy happiness, but it can buy you a new Cadillac, and right. that's pretty much the same thing. Right, Cadillacs make people happy. Right, it's so funny that he got him a Cadillac too. Like this is 1950, and Elvis is there. I can't I believe he survived all, all of Raw. I can't believe he bought one Cadillac for the two of them. Better than a rental car. I guess so. Um, what did you? What do you think, Katie? Because I've got my opinions. I talk about Bray Wyatt quite a bit. Well, I feel like we didn't close the loop on the Beast in the East. Like, do you? Th- you you're right. c- convinced that the NXT Championship is going to go to Finn Balor? I'm Kevin cool. Owens is not going to have the belt. Yeah, I think the championship. Thank you, Katie. You've, you're teaching me well, a wise one. I think that. Uh, yeah, I, I I think Finn Balor will win the championship. I think it makes sense. I think he's a huge star in Tokyo. I think he's going to be, yeah, he is the face of NXT going forward. Kevin Owens has cemented himself on the main roster. I don't think he needs the NXT title. I think it'd be interesting to see him defend it against Cena, maybe even lose it to Cena. I think it'd just be interesting to see where that went. I Honestly, if you want to make Finn Balor look like a million bucks, you do not have him win that title in Tokyo. You have Kevin Owens lose that title to John Cena, and you have John Cena come to NXT for one night only, 
and you have you have Finn Balor beat John Cena for the NXT title. That's how you make Finn Balor look like a million bucks. You have him beat John Cena for the NXT title, and you've got a star. What if he beats him for the title in a... Too many pronouns. Who beats who? John Cena Memorial Open Challenge Wimbledon. Just okay. on Raw. Okay. Doesn't even need to be a pay-per-view. But that's for the U.S. title. No, I'm switching gears. I'm making up my own rules. You don't. There is no open challenge for the NXT title. There is now. <laughs> no, that's it. Well, I guess that would be fine. But if he has, I think it'd be even better. This is the way I would do it. Are we fantasy booking? We this are. is the way I would do it. You have Kevin Owens cheat in Japan. He'll heat by a mile. Oh my God, do they hate him? He goes. He does whatever he does at the pay-per-view. Or, you know what? He goes to the pay-per-view battleground. He puts the NXT title on the line. He goes, okay, it's title for title. The winner of this match is the NXT and the U.S. champion. I like that. John Cena beats him. John Cena has both titles. Next TakeOver show, John Cena is on NXT TakeOver. John Cena is in the NXT, is at full sale. You're crazy. This makes NXT bigger. This makes it's Finn Balor big. into a star. It's too big. John Cena is defending the title. This at full isn't sale. the showcase showdown where you can win both prizes. It's There's just, been a title for it. Look at Jay Lethal and Ring of I, Honor. I, it's happened. I'm not denying that. Look at this Ultimate Warrior WrestleMania much. 6. This is too much birthday, Sam. Then, check this out, Katie. I'm not even done. John Cena loses the NXT title to Finn Balor. Then he goes and loses the U.S. title in a rematch to Kevin Owens. You just built two stars. And brought one down. Who, Cena? Yeah. You can't. That's a lot of losses, dude. For Cena, all he does is beat people. And then he loses to Eugene. I mean, what what what's up over there? Who's Eugene? He's making a comeback. <laughs> Listen, Cena to Tonka, you weren't. Cena has done nothing but beat people. Cena can afford a few losses. If anything, Cena's role in the company right now should be to make stars, and that's making stars, Lynn it all. That's making stars. Oh, I just dropped it. I just dropped the wisdom. <laughs> Anywho, um, but I don't think that'll happen. No. I would love it. Just say it. He just took up like four minutes of airtime. Because it's called Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Dude. And guess who said it? Sam Roberts. Fair enough. Point you know made. what I'm saying? Point made. Um, yeah, I think Kobe uh, Kingston beats Brock Lesnar, obviously. For sure. Um, I, <laughs> I, think, uh, I actually think he'll beat him with his own move. Like he beats him with an F5. Right, right. No, I don't think Kofi Kingston will get one shot in. I think, you know what's going to happen? Brock Lesnar's going to beat the entire New Day. <laughs> He's going to squash all of New Day. Um, and then, yeah, and then Finn Balor wins the NXT title. Um, hopefully Kevin Owens will get the U.S. title still from John Cena. But that's what I see happening there. Um, let me ask you about Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Because I talk about Bray Wyatt a lot. Here's my opinion on Bray Wyatt. And I get criticized for it, and I probably talk about this every single week. But I think he's got the potential. And I got into an argument with Steve Austin about this. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. I think he's got the potential to be the next huge thing that lasts for 20 years. I think he's got a command on the character. I think think what's happening with him is amazing. And his ability to be that character and, and his presence in the ring and what he does with his body and the way he, the way he does what he does is unlike anybody else. However, the creative for Bray Wyatt has not been strong. To me. I'm a little teapot. 
It's like Bray. I know. You saw the commercial. I'm a little. Go to Roman's house. Pot. Wouldn't you? What if? What if Bray showed up with a photo standing outside Roman Reigns' window of his daughter? What if Bray showed up with like a, a stuffed animal from Roman Reigns' daughter's room? Well, I already think it's weird to begin with. I don't think it is what, up four levels. Bray's weird. That's like, the whole point. He's supposed to haunt you. Haunting like a monster. Not like just some guy who's like, you look like well, an asshole you, on that commercial with it, your like, kid. It doesn't need to go into a, like an Amber Alert, man. Yeah, it does. It doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to even be kidnapping. But Bray is like... Bray, you can put against anybody. And actually, you put the spotlight on us. I've talked about this before. At WrestleMania, against Undertaker, anyone he is up against, that match shines. I know, and then he loses. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. You said it does. Because Bray is not effective when he goes out and he tells people that he's the new face of fear. Okay, well, what am I afraid of? Well, then why are you having John Cena lose, too? You're negating your point. No, because John Cena wins constantly. Bray doesn't. Bray loses constantly. He either loses or he ends up in a situation where he beats Ryback and then three weeks later Ryback's the Intercontinental Champion anyway. Who's the next feud with Bray against? After Roman? Yeah. Well, do you think, well, what happens with the Roman thing? Does he over, because that's the problem. There's no way that he's going to come out of the Roman thing the victor. When all is said and done, Roman's going to come out the victor. I think I'm still jonesing for a little Wyatt family reunion. The, and, and we you were need seeing it. a snapshot of that. You need previously, it. Previously, like weeks ago. I think I you think need it. I think that might be overdue. And yeah. And pushing him back as that leader and that maniacal. Right. Rocking character. Right. Who sends his minions out to do his bidding. Yeah. Yeah, I think he needs the Wyatt family because you can't be a cult I, leader without anybody up by your side. You can't be a cult leader by yourself. Call me crazy. What if, because you know I've been saying this for weeks, I think the authority is weak. I feel like they're really short, a member or five. Whoa. What if you take the Wyatt family? Some, I, they need some young, fresh blood. I mean, a Kevin Owens would solve the whole problem. In the authority, you mean? Correct. What if we put the, the Wyatts in the authority? We rejoin no. them and we put them in the authority. Because the Wyatts, I mean, you could. I could see it. But the Wyatts are pure anarchy. Like, the Wyatts just want to watch the world burn. And the authority is the world. Theoretically... We should get to a place where eventually the Wyatts are making a babyface transition and feuding with the authority because the authority is sitting there going like, you know, what we say goes, what we say goes. And all of a sudden you've got this band of misfits that are just screwing everything up for the sake of screwing it up. That's everything the authority doesn't like, theoretically. So I would say you rebuild the Wyatt family, you build them up strong, then eventually, could be a year, two years, however long it is, you get to a place where you've got the Wyatts coming after the authority, and now you've got a strong... Unless they offer them a Cadillac. Well, I mean, nobody's going to Everybody turn, has a price. Nobody's going to turn down a Cadillac. Everyone has a price. Yeah, and those Cadillac seats, they Tonka rock. Tonka had a price. Don't remind me. I know. That was a tough time. Very. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really kind of... I like... The creepiness of what Bray does, like I like him. No, I don't think I think he's fantastic through and through, not going anywhere. I like cutting out the eyeballs and the mouth on the Roman Reigns photos. I like anyone but you. See, that makes sense. It's like you're hinting at all this stuff. What you're hinting at is he's mad at Roman Reigns for being made the golden boy, and he's the outcast. That's what that says when I see that photo. Anyone but you. 
He's saying you're not going it to should, – it should be me. You're not going to be the one to be the golden boy. I'm going to ruin you. But he doesn't say that. Like you, you don't really get that. Like did you get that or is that something that I'm just getting from the photo? I don't know. You seem to be you be really intense on this one. I love Bray Wyatt. I know you do. And I think there's so much potential there, but it's like it's you, like, So basically what you're saying is yeah. you want to up the weird. So far. Like yeah. Like give me a reason to be afraid of that guy. Scared. Like that guy is not a human being. The spider walk isn't enough. No, because I know after the spider rock comes one, two, three, you lost. I don't know, man. I'm kind of creeped out still. And I'd like to say that several months ago, I was sitting in church. Yes, I go to church regularly. Good. And they were like, we would like to welcome Sister Abigail. And I like turned on my flashlight. I was freaked <laughs> out. And then I was like, I messed up. Right. You're like, so, no, just me in here. No more fireflies. Yeah. Cool. Whoops. Cool. See you next Sunday. Welcome, Sister Abigail. No. Uh, Let's see. What are we missing? What do you think of this, Katie Lynn? No. Apparently, TNA had a pay-per-view. I feel like, ah, TNA. Oh, I would like to, we had a great conversation about this, and I think you should share your thoughts on the TNA pay-per-view through and through, end to end. Well, it's like, you know, it's cool that Jeff Jarrett's involved. That's noteworthy, and it's important for TNA to be putting stuff on their TV show that's newsworthy. But... When you're taping your TV before your live pay-per-views are on, what can possibly newsworthy happen at these pay-per-views? You got, what, two pay-per-views a year, however many pay-per-views a year that TNA does, and nothing sort of, uh, catastrophic things should be happening at these pay-per-views. Like, you have got to see what just happened at this show. Type of things should be happening at these pay-per-views. But instead, it's just like, oh, it was a good show. You can't do that if you've only got a couple of pay-per-views a year. You can't do, oh, it was a good show. You have to do, oh, my God. Like, there has to be news to talk about. When it was when WWE was doing three pay-per-views a year, it was like the main event got announced three months before the show was even on. And it, it, it was unbelievable what was going to happen. You have to see this. You cannot miss it. And now, the only thing that's really got people talking about TNA is the fact that Jeff Jarrett is there representing another promotion altogether. Global Force Wrestling. I mean, Sam, if if you and I were to set up a pay-per-view only two to three times a year, there right. is going to be a presidential candidate that's going to come out of it. Yeah. There is going to be... Like, I hate to tell you, if I'm only doing two podcasts a year, Tatanka's not one of the guests. Love Tatanka. What is wrong with you? You know who the guests are? Stone Cold Steve Austin and John Cena. What is wrong with you? I was setting you up to be funny and give me like three more bullets, and then you just dissed my favorite wrestler of all time. Look, your favorite wrestler of all time is not the Hulkster, okay? He's not. He's Tatanka. And IRS. He's, yeah, both of whom, by the way, IRS I have beef with, because why isn't Bray Wyatt his favorite kid? I saw Raw. All he had to do was believe. Somebody was reading Twitter. Yours. <laughs> um, yeah, no. If we were doing a couple pay-per-views a year, it would be like can't miss stuff. Can't I mean, there's pyro out the gate. Out the out the wazoo, as they say. Yeah. But no, instead it's like. I mean, it, I'm going to have a unicorn, an right. alien, Bigfoot. I'm bringing out everyone. Everyone. And it's all you can eat and all you can drink. But instead, I don't know, maybe it's... Uh, 
I don't and know. it's in 3D. You get one of those glasses like Pizza yes. Hut used to give you when you were like little. And you have to go to Pizza Hut to get them. It's yeah. at the bottom of the box. Pain in the ass. But worth it. The red and the blue. Remember when Family Matters did Smell-O-Vision and you had to go to 7-Eleven and so get a good. Smell-O-Vision card? And I then when the there. icon popped up, you smelled it? Yep. Urkel said, got any cheese? And I could smell cheese. Oh my gosh, 7-Eleven, the free, the free Slurpee Day is coming up, 7-Eleven. That's right. Just letting you know. I'm more excited about 7-Eleven than I am about TNA's next East. pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm excited about Beast in the East. You, I don't know, man. What's wrong? What's not to be excited about? I, you, you've been putting things down over there. Look, I think all I'm doing is pointing out, first of all, you're the one who started this thing shitting all over Charles Robinson. Just because I am calling for some Division Three replacement refs doesn't make me a bad person. I'm just calling out and pointing out the obvious. Second of all, I haven't been saying all bad things, okay? I, I was talking about how much potential Bray Wyatt has. I think he's amazing. He's the, I told you, he's the best wrestler in the WWE, aside from Sasha Banks. Here we go. I'm not going to get into that. Here we go. But the video that we did is on uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash notsam. That's the newest Sam Roberts wrestling podcast video, Sasha Banks. You should just just watch it to see Sam shamelessly flirt with Sasha the entire Swoon time. Swoon is the word you're Swoon. looking for. I was swooning. All you have to do is look at the screen grab of that, like the the uh-huh. the, the thumbnail, and just look at Katie like trying to find room for herself in the picture with Which the I'm three of us. Clearly going to get cropped out of <laughs> in about 0.2 seconds. All right, Katie. Okay. Listen, you're a joy and a delight. We've gone way over my uh, self-imposed hour-long time limit, but yeah. People need to know yeah. that you are not only yeah. a genius, not only a gadget guru, not only a media personality that appears on such outlets as the Today Show, CNN, Fox News, Sirius XM, uh, uh, publications, everywhere you go, Katie's there. Not only are you all of that and a wrestling expert and a gadget guru, but you're a person who likes to do nice things. This is true. Is there something that you want to say? This is true. And right off of that Seth Rollins giveaway, I was like, you know, I feel like Sam and I owe something to our peoples, to our fans, because guess what? You guys made Tatanka happen this week. Yeah, look, Tatanka wasn't going to happen. He was Ooh. at the convention. He was signing. He was busy. He was getting that paper, all right? Yeah. And he wasn't happening. We did not get an interview with Tatanka at the thing, at the at the convention. Did not. Katie put out a Twitter uh, request that said, hey, tell Multiple. Tatanka we want him on the show. I retweeted it and said, make this girl's dream come true. Yeah. And, and you then you guys, through. you guys did it. So if you like Tatanka on the show, then give yourselves a pat on the back. And, and guess if- what? What? Give yourself, everybody gets a car. What? Oprah. We're have, going, in the spirit of Roland's giveaways. You have cars for well, everyone? And by car, I mean Tatanka t-shirt. What is the... Oh. So what I have done is... No is way. a listen for your name. No way. Because I'm giving out lots of Tatanka t-shirts. I don't have to follow all these people. Yes, you do, Sam. Some, why do I have you to have do it? You have to follow it? them, and then you have to DM no, Sam No, I don't want to. Oh, Jesus. We're making the... We've talked about this in our pre-production meeting, and our pre-production meeting, as we, as you all know, is right now. All right, and I want you all to know I'm following you, I'm getting your addresses, and then I'm unfollowing you. That is so jacked. Well, yeah, I didn't know I was going to have to follow all these people. Whatever. Okay, here it goes. So, first one to get a Tatanka t-shirt. Juan John 1 on Twitter. He says, I am now officially afraid that Katie Lindell has had too much birthday. By the way, Tatanka. every person that does this, tweet me. And and tell me that that and now I mean, I'm not going to follow you until you, you tell me. You get a tomahawk. You get a tomahawk. You get a tomahawk. That you heard your you name. Get a tomahawk. Christoph Hyman. Whoa. Yes. He. Katie Linendal asks. So I shall do. 
Native <laughs> Tatanka, please go on the podcast. Christoph, dude, you're in. Man, tweet, Sam. Lindy Large. I'd love to hear Native Tatanka on Sam's podcast. Another one that threw me a bone. I appreciate that. Uh, David Daly, if you don't go on Not Sam Jesus. Podcast, we're going to hit you with a red arrow. I like that. And last but certainly last. Oh, wait, actually, we're going to give our friend Nutmeg. Nutmeg, of course. Nutmeg is one of Boston everything. Live show. People, if you come say hi to us at live shows, we really like it. We like you. We like chatting. Especially if you're a girl. Yeah. We might hold our own tough enough to have like, you know, like a sidekick. Right. It's, it's, a, it's like uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. There's mental and physical challenges. Because the hype girl needs a hype girl. You have to beat Sam at running his mouth and you have to beat me on a run and the pull-up bar. It's not going to happen. Okay, anyways, last. Wilson at Beam Carpenters. <laughs> he says... <laughs> Yo, Tatanka, you should def do the Not Sam podcast. I can listen while I cook beef. Random and weird, and that means we love it, and that means you get a T-shirt. So all those names, if you heard them, tweet me. I'll follow you. Send me your address and your T-shirt size on direct message, and uh, we will send you a Tatanka T-shirt. Katie, you are such a delight to be around. (laughs) There it is. We leave you with that. Thank you for joining us this week again on the State of Wrestling and Sam Roberts Wrestling pa- Podcast. He'll get it out. Yeah. Chowski indeed. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.